Welcome to the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin, where to begin, grow, and aspire to become the best stylist you can be. Whether you're thinking about becoming a stylist, opening a salon, or developing your skills as an experienced stylist, the next step of your beauty career starts here. Each week, we'll discuss strategic ways to design, plan, and execute on becoming a stylist that excels behind the chair and above the bottom line. Here's your host, Tracy Franklin. Trying to stand out in a sea of talented and qualified stylists can feel like an impossible situation. And remember, this isn't about winning people over, okay? This is about staying true to yourself and attracting the people that you're supposed to. What I think makes me stand out as a hairstylist is my ability and my desire to share my successes and wins with my team, with my fellow stylists, and even with my followers. I've created this pipeline into my career with the programs that I've created for aspiring stylists, this podcast, and even through social media. What makes my work behind the chair stand out is my ability to find something that I truly love doing and make it my thing, my niche. I've practiced and perfected this skill through dedication, through hard work, and through keeping myself educated on it. And that thing is hair extensions. I have always loved this service, but when I first started doing hair extensions, the task was long, tedious, and really expensive. Not a lot of people were wearing them. So I had a few clients here and there through the years, but nothing to really build a career on. But as I stayed plugged into the industry, they evolved. And now I offer four different methods and over 90% of my clientele wears one or more of these methods. I do feel like I have a little something going for me that has also helped me stand out as a stylist. And that's my big personality. I'm very outgoing. I'm very talkative. And I really love to meet new people. So honestly, this industry is perfect for someone like me. That doesn't mean a more reserved person can't do it well, but they will have to work a little bit harder to stand out because typically standing out isn't in their comfort zone. There was this one time where I was low-key kind of scared of standing out, and that's because I knew that if I stood out and I was chosen for this particular position, I would really be getting out of my comfort zone. And that was at a Train the Trainer program. So I wanted to work for an extension company that I was partnered with as one of their regional educators. This would mean traveling to salons around the country, teaching my favorite service to other stylists. This idea kind of both excited and terrified me. I knew I'd love it, but I had never done anything like this before. And the unknown parts of it kind of scared me. But as it turns out, I did stand out and I worked for the company for several years. After I did it a few times, the nerves wore off and I did love it and got pretty good at it, but traveling took its toll and I decided to stay closer to home and work on some other passion projects. So it's no secret that there are salons on every corner these days. It's a very saturated market in almost any part of the country. And in these salons are other talented, qualified people. So why will people choose you? I mean, why will they choose you? And when they have so many other choices... If that's not a question you're asking yourself every day, then you're missing the boat because that's what every client and potential client is asking themselves. And if you don't believe me, hit pause, head over to Instagram and look up some of the successful stylists that you follow and see if it's not blatantly obvious what their specialty is. For some, it's probably balayage or extensions or vibrant colors. Maybe you follow some barbers who do like the sickest designs and the tightest fades. 
I mean, whatever their thing is, I guarantee you it's obvious and yours should be too. So what is the concept of personal branding within the beauty industry? I mean, basically, this is the idea that a brand is more than just a logo. It's the way you do your services. It's how you've conditioned your clients to see you as a stylist and a creator and so that they'll trust you to always provide the best results. It's all the little things that you do that add value to the guest experience. The scalp massages, essential oils, your specialty products and services are what's going to make all the difference. People like to feel like they're getting more than they paid for. So how do you add value to your guest experience? What about having a strong self-image? Is that important for stylists and other beauty professionals? I have watched what sometimes feels like a decline of stylist presentation. And by that, I mean that stylists are showing up far more casual than they did 20 years ago or even five years ago, truth telling. And I've had a hard time getting on board with it all sometimes. I feel like no matter what dress code you adhere to, there should always be a standard and an effort to impress should always be made. Sweats and ball caps are not the vibe, in my opinion, not when they're paying hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars for their services. At the very bare minimum, style your hair and put on some lipstick, honey. We have the Ten Commandments at my salon, and one of them is we are the face of beauty. Thou shalt show up beautiful. Your unique brand should be based on who you are and the work that you want to do. So here's what my current brand looks like. I'm a high-end colorist and extension specialist. I'm an educator and salon owner. My color scheme is earthy, vibrant tones, lots of green. My fashion aesthetic, boss babe, lots of colorful power suits. My likes, being in nature, good food, animals, especially dogs, and traveling. My loves are my family, my team, my students, and my friends. All of this information is wildly apparent in my daily life and on my social channels. It's what makes me, me. It's my brand. So when you think about famous hairstylists that have carved out a really unique brand for themselves, who do you think of? Maybe you think of Guy Tang and how he's used fantasy colors and online education videos to create this new path for himself in this industry. I still follow him and good Lord, I think now he's even trying to be a rock star. So (laughs) things change, right? I like to use Paul Mitchell as an example. So you'd have to be living under a rock to have never heard of Paul Mitchell. He's got products that have been branded in the same white bottles with black writing for over decades now. He has institutes named after him all over the country and I'm sure in other countries as well. And when you look at him, He always has on a dark suit with his hair slicked back in a ponytail. And many times he's photographed with a beautiful blonde. (laughs) This is branding at its finest. I did not even have to Google this stuff. This is just what I knew about him from memory, from being in the industry. That is branding at its finest right there. I want to dive into technical skills versus soft skills. I want to talk about the balance between having a great technical skill set And having good soft skills like communication and customer service. I mean, you really do have to have both to be truly successful. And having good soft skills is like having a safety net when the technical work falls short. It's inevitable. You're going to try something new and it's not going to turn out like you had hoped. And knowing how to smooth that over will take some finessing. And if you've established a good rapport with your guests, this is going to be much easier. I mean, does it even matter if you're the best colorist in town if you can't talk to anyone? It doesn't. 
You won't be able to communicate those vital details of your guest interaction, like asking for referrals and recommending products or even asking them to pre-book. My outgoing stylists tend to build way faster than my more shy or reserved ones. They get out there and talk the talk and the connections they are building through this great communication. It makes people want to come back and it makes people want to take you up on those product recommendations and tell all of their friends about you. Having a great sense of humor doesn't hurt either. People want to have fun while they're getting their hair done, especially if it's one of those doozies of an appointment. I think soft skills are way harder for this younger generation. I'm sorry. I don't mean any offense, but I do. I think it's harder. So much of their interaction is done with filters and apps and not face-to-face interactions that other generations had. If I wanted to hang with a friend back in the day, we had to go to each other's house or meet at a park. I mean, yeah, we talked on the phone, which, by the way, no one does anymore either. It's strictly text these days. But God, we wanted to get out of the house, right? We wanted to get away from mom and dad. So we had to get out of there. And that required more face-to-face interaction. How you make your clients feel will be what usually determines whether or not they come back to you, or at least what keeps them coming back to you time after time. Good technical skills will buy you a few appointments, but most of the time, if a good connection isn't made, it's not going to last. Making your client feel good looks like consulting with your client every time. You're finding out what's missing. Ask her what her hair would look, feel, and smell like in a perfect world, and then be quiet and let her answer. Hear what she's saying and then swoop in like a freaking hero with those solutions. It also looks like paying them compliments on their shoes or his cologne. Make them feel noticed and appreciated. And lastly, take their damn picture. I've heard clients in the salon talk about being sad that they aren't on the screen, on the advertising that we do in the salon, or they're asking why they haven't been in any of our reels. I mean, just ask if you can take their picture. It makes them feel like you're proud of the work that you're doing on them. Building a loyal clientele is about building trust. If you can't, talk to them, then you cannot build that trust. And I know for some, this will be so far out of your comfort zone. But as one of my mentors used to say, you gave up the right to be shy when you became a hairstylist. It starts with just having a list of questions that you feel comfortable asking a first time guest. Just have a list. Ask them about their occupation, what they do for fun. Ask them about their pets, their hobbies and where they grew up. Keep it light for their first appointment and let the guests take the conversation as far as they feel comfortable. If they're very quiet and more reserved, then you know you don't have to try as hard, right? But if they're chatty, then you need to keep the conversation going. It's so important. Having good soft skills will definitely affect your client retention. As the relationship continues to build, your clients become permanent fixtures on your book. And hopefully that's what you want. Some will stick around longer than you like, I'm sure. I'll have to do a whole episode on that. Being able to talk to my guests about my referral program has helped me build my clientele through the years and then replace clients as they've dropped off time and time again. It's super simple and it sounds like this. Hey, Susan, I'm trying to build my clientele and I was just hoping you would do me a favor. I love having you as a client and I would love to have more people just like you on my book. Can you think of any friends or family that you could give one of my cards to for a discount? They get 20% off their first service with me. And if you'll write your name on the back of this card, when they bring it back, you'll get 20% off your next service with me too. Does that sound good? And then give her two cards and that's it. 
Having a good consultation process is the only way to know what's missing in your client's service or product plan. You have to be asking the right questions so you can recommend the right services and the right take-home products. A client that's concerned about dry, brittle hair isn't likely to walk out without a treatment and a mask to take home if you sound like a professional when you're consulting with her. This is not upselling. I really have mixed feelings about that word. This is about solving your client's problems and helping them reach their hair goals. That's not being salesy or pushy. Make your recommendations and be done. Detach yourself from their response. If they say no, it's not about you. For whatever reason, they can't do it today or buy it this time, but you have planted those seeds and when they're ready, they know exactly what to ask for. So what about leveraging your social media and technology? I'm finding social media to be way more fun these days. Sometimes it just feels like another thing I have to do, another part of the job, but I am finding more ways to make it fun and to engage more with people and it definitely helps. At the end of the day, Very few will get out alive without using social media as a tool. It's just too big now. It's too widespread. It's just too necessary. So what about being your most authentic self online? I made a decision recently to just be me, to create content I like creating and to share my sense of humor as well. I love sharing tips, giving advice and celebrating others' successes online, but I also like to make people laugh. And so now I do that too. Your page is all about you, the work you love to do, the people you spend time with and the places you go. Be you, do you. What you post matters. If you are still actively building your clientele, then you need to find the balance between your extra, meaning funny content, personal content. I mean, all that has to balance well with your professional content. I think it's wonderful to show personal snippets of your life on your professional page. My followers love it. But like I said, if you're still building, then your content needs to translate to dollars. And that means attracting clients through your beautiful work. I do think there is a direct link between stylists who are showing up strong online and stylists that are fully booked in the salon. I believe the more you post and engage with your followers, the more your stuff shows up in people's feed. And I want to be in people's feed and you should want to be in their feed as well. So you should be being consistent with how much you post. Posting twice a week is almost a waste of time. Notice I did say almost because I'm a firm believer that something is better than nothing. But I will say when I started posting six days a week, my reach expanded exponentially. I just don't make a big deal out of it. I get tons of content through the week, little videos and pics here and there, and I put some stuff together and save it in my drafts. And whenever I'm ready to post, there they are. It's just part of the job now. And the stylists in my salon that post regularly attract far more clients than those who don't. Posting your work is a great way to showcase your talents. But a client testimonial is just as good. Someone out there singing your praises is the best promotion there is. I mean, studies show word of mouth is still winning as the top way your clients are finding you. Here are some things to avoid when using social media. There are a few things I feel like you should avoid when you're using social media as a marketing tool and as a tool of communicating with your clients. And I feel like that is performing consultations through online messages, you know, sending pics back and forth, trying to figure this all out. I mean, those need to be done in person. You need to be able to ask all the right questions and to be able to look at the integrity of their hair. 
You may even have to do a test strand. So consulting face-to-face is really important. Another thing to avoid is engaging in any gossip or trash talk about other stylists or really anyone. It's super tacky and it can be traced back to you. So just don't go there. Lastly, trying to price things without really knowing all the steps and how much color it's going to take to get the job done. Again, this just really goes back to having a really great in-person consultation process. So is it even possible to stand out as a hairstylist in 2023 without an online presence? I mean, I believe, although not impossible, it would be really hard and harder than it needs to be. Social media is necessary, y'all, and it doesn't have to feel so hard. If it's a matter of not knowing where to start, then find a course, go to a class. Hey, I bet you can find a class about social media on social media. But either way, the payoff is worth the work and the price is zero. It costs $0 to market yourself on almost every social channel. And I'm not talking about devoting hours a day to this. It takes no time to take a few videos and a few still shots. And you can create a week's worth of content to post with. I've had people tell me that being on social media was hard and they found themselves constantly comparing their work to other stylists work. Well, first of all, quit that shit, okay? Comparison is the thief of joy and a total waste of time. But if you just can't stop yourself, then get on there and post and hop back off. Don't be scrolling. If scrolling steals your peace, then don't do it. But you do need to post your work. People need to see what a badass you are. So let's start building our brand. Start building your brand by focusing on attracting the work that you really want to do. If you want to be a brow boss, then you need to be getting a ton of content every time you do a set of brows. Again, a few videos and a few quality pics, and you can post these same brows for a week. Do a model call and give one of your hot friends a discount so they let you do a photo shoot with them when you're done. Knowing what you want others to know about you is your first step. So develop your specialty and let the whole world know that you're the best at it. If you are a stylist really struggling with communicating with your clients and you've been trying for a while with little success, perhaps you should join a group like Toastmasters. These are small groups that allow people to present in front of people and help you develop that skill. But no matter what, please keep trying. I mean, I've seen stylists who were so shy and quiet when I hired them and they've totally come out of their shells and they've created these amazing connections with their clients and our team members. You know, who you are online and who you are in person has to be the same. You have to have integrity. It's a very important characteristic to have when you're trying to attract new business. And what I mean by that is you absolutely need to be the same person face-to-face as you are online. If you post videos of you and your client laughing and having a great time and they book an appointment on a day when you're on one and you're quiet and you're disconnected and they feel fooled, they're probably not going to come back. I'm not kidding when I say that it is just as important that you connect with your guests on a personal level as it is that their service turns out right. It's not just about the hair for everyone. This may be the one good thing that has happened to our guests that day. We are their day makers and the literal highlight of someone's day. You see what I did there? (laughs) Hairstylist, you know I'm right. Many of our clients come in and say, I've been looking forward to this all day or, oh my gosh, you have no idea how bad I needed this. Be a friendly and welcoming service provider online and in person. Standing out as a stylist comes from standing out as a person. 
find the services, the people, and the clients that bring you joy and the rest will fall into place. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin is a Morgan Franklin production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Editing and post-production by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Tracy and the Aspiring Barber and Beauty Academy? Go to AspireBarberAndBeauty.com.